But I'm going to show you through Scripture how Pastor Lenny's right. Especially since Holy Spirit showed him. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We, we declare that our ears and our hearts are open to receive what you have for us today. And that it will be fruitful and will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're going to talk about a portion of scripture from Luke. Christmas story. What a beautiful story. And there's so much in it. So much in it. It starts with chapter 2 and verse 8, if you want to follow, follow along. We all know this. We've heard it so many times. But And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, one of the things I taught last year, and I'm not doing it this year, but I just want to bring it up to everyone's memory, what kind of sheep they were and what kind of shepherds they were. Those were spe special sheep, specific sheep, that were being raised for temple sacrifice. So these were shepherds in charge of sheep who would be going and would be coming sacrificed for the forgiveness of sins or for the covering of sins. So they full well understood what the angels were saying because of their position as temple shepherds over temple sheep. Verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. This is beautiful, Lori. Lori, this is beautiful. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. You know, I never thought much about that phrase. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. God introduced his son in glory. In splendor, majestic glory and majestic splendor that lit up that whole entire area. Now, what I never thought of about before was the word glory. Now, if you look at Mark chapter 9, okay, in verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, you're going to see the story where Jesus takes John, James, and Peter up the mount and he is transfigured. He is glorified. So this glory that the angels announced that was shown about, right? After that, entered into that baby. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was shown again. That same glory. The glory that was within Jesus Christ. Now, what's exciting about this, the glory of the Lord, was what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 23. Now, if you don't know what that says, you better get excited about it now. Because he said, the Father, Father, the glory you gave me, the glory that was shown on that, on that day he was born, the glory that was shown on the mount, the glory you gave me, Lord, I've given them. That's what's inside of every born-again believer. That same glory. Well, Pastor Lenny, you're going too far. You're taking a stretch. Really? Paul confirms it. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. 
Oh, verse 29 is amazing, but we're not looking at verse 29. We're just looking at verse 30. Whom he called. He called me. Did he call you? Yes. Whom he called, what did he do? He justified. And who he justified, he glorified. So this is amazing. So you get this picture. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord that shone, then entered into the Lord. Then was shown again and revealed. He revealed it to James, John, and Peter. Why? So that they could know what would happen at born again. What happens at born again. Jesus says to the Father, to the Father, the glory you've given me, I give them. Yes. Man, you have to understand this glory. You have to understand that you're glorified. Oh, we're going to go on. I can't, I can't, I can't skip. We've we got to go on. Okay. And the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which should be to just some people, to just a few select which should be to all people, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, the Anointed One, Lord. Christ, a Savior. That word is soter. And he's there for all people. Unto you is born this day for all people, a soter, a Savior, sent to bring rescue, to bring deliverance, to bring healing, to redeem, and to make whole. That's why he came. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's a message in itself. And said, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace on earth, peace. On earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. Peace. That word peace means prosperity. Did you know that? That word peace means to be made at one again. To be made at one again? Yes. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Now we can go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom God called, right? No, that's, that's verse 30. For whom God foreknew, right? That's you and I. He determined that we all would be conformed to the exact image, duplicate copy of his son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn amongst many brethren. He made him who knew no sin to be sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Therefore, being made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. Amen. 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 Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Peace at one again, at one again, at one again. And this is so, guys, this is so beautiful when you hear, when you hear these words, when you know what these words are. Because in, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, and again in John chapter 17, I believe verse 23, where he's saying to the, he's saying to the Father, he's praying to the Father, Oh, Father, you know, like I'm in you, and you in me, and, and they're in us, and we're in them, that we all might be one. That, Father, they would know you love them even as you love me. 
That's an amazing, powerful love. That's the greatest power in the universe. The power of love. And the power of love will work in your life. In fact, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, circumcision, legalism, the law, doing, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't add up to much. But what does is faith working by love, working through love. Love is the energy of faith. So love is the most powerful force. Love is the most powerful force. Now, this I'm going to be doing a series on love. It's, mo it's mainly going to be on YouTube. For, you know, for those that subscribe on YouTube. But there's just so much to share. There's so much to teach. But I'm, I teach. I'm going to be doing a, 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 um, a series on love. Wait, I'm not going to go there now because I'm going to be talking about love in a minute. Okay, so that's peace. So here it is. Goodwill. Goodwill. Kindness. Wait a second. I thought you were, you were an angry God. You're a God that's full of wrath. No, 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 no. Goodwill. Kindness. Good pleasure. Good. You know what? I might as well say this now. You know what the two most dangerous words you're going to hear a preacher say? Very dangerous words. You know? You got to be careful when the preacher says these words. It's like, you know, Trying to stick your hand into a basket with a cobra. You know, very careful. Try to get it in and get it out, you know, because that cobra is going to, he could sting, right? And then you become poisoned. That's like these, just like what these words can do. You want to know what they are? Do you really want to know what they are? Yes. It is written. The Bible says. Let me tell you something about the Bible. I believe in the inspired, inerrant word of God. But we don't have that. We have translations. And translations have done more harm for people. Have developed more hindrances to people. Have put a cloak over God's love or the love that God has for people. I'm going to give you an example. Can I give you an example? This is a side note. Romans chapter 1. Remember I shared a little while ago, I shared a little while ago that Jesus taught us how to rightly divide. The, the true gospel of grace, the true message of love in Luke chapter 15 when he talked about the lost sheep. Right? The sheep that was lost. It was lost. What did it lose? It lost its righteousness. It lost its identification. It's lost its meaning to life. It's lost its... Per it was lost, right? It was lost. But you got to remember that. So what did Jesus say? The angry father left him out there, left that sheep all alone to deal with the wolves by himself. It's not what it says. It says he went looking for that sheep. And he didn't give up and he didn't stop until he found it. Hey, I have so many coins. 
What's the difference if I, if I lose one? Oh, it makes a big difference to me. I got to find it. I got to find that coin. I got to search for that coin. I got to look for that coin. And then here's, here's the sun, right? The sun. Think about this. He says, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want, you know, he's denying the image of his father. Is he not? Is he not? Right? You all agree? Amber, you're with me? He's denying the image of the father, of his father. And he's like, I'm out of here. And what does it say? He joins himself to a citizen of another, another country. Totally becomes alienated. And that father is like, oh, I heard he's lost everything. I heard he's living with pigs. Good. I'm glad. He's getting what he deserves. My anger, my wrath, I'm, more of it be poured on him. Let him die there. No. He was looking and waiting. Where's my son? I want my son. Passion, right? Great passion. And he never lost sight of his son. You know, finally his son comes to his senses and he sees him from a distance. And he, bah, he runs after that son. Who did, the, who did the weeping? He wept over his son. He said, listen, we got to put this robe back on you. We got to put this robe back on you. We, we got to give you that ring back. You, you handed it back over. You handed it back over. You know what it sounds like, guys? Sounds like the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? What God did with Adam, the choices that Adam made, how God brought rest, brought rest. All right, that's another message. The gospel of grace is amazing. So now here we have Paul. Now here we have Paul, okay? I, I love this. this. Look at Paul. Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What's the gospel of Christ? He came. He came. He was born. He lived. Then he was crucified. He was beaten. He died. And he was buried. I'm not ashamed of that gospel. That's, that's, that's God's power. Power. For salvation. To all who believe. So that means there's some unbelievers in there, isn't there? Because to all who believe, there's some unbelievers, right? For therein lies the righteousness of God. For the Jew first and then the Gentile. For just as it is written, just as it is written, I believe it's in Habakkuk chapter two, verse four, and it says, "For the just shall live by his faith." But now, just a, another verse or two later, listen. What, listen what the, our Bibles say: "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of man who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that's what is known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it to them." So listen to this: wrath. This is where preachers get that word. Listen, you don't come to God, you're going to burn in hell. You don't come to God, his wrath is going to be poured out on you. Wait a second, that's inconsistent with what you just said, Paul. That's inconsistent with what Peter is saying. I mean, what, what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 15. All because of that word wrath. You know, when I hear the word wrath, you know what I think of? Any Trekkies in here? Star Trek fans? We got some Trekkies? 
I remember that one. The Wrath of Khan. He was going to get Kirk and the guy with the ears, Spock, and all of them, and he was going to destroy them. He was getting his wrath. That's what you think of, isn't it? That's not what the word in the Greek means. It's not what it means. It just means passionate, overly passionate, filled with passion. So now when you have right filters, the gospel of grace, what this is saying, Paul is saying, he's talking about the power of the gospel, the power of Christ. This is not God with his wrath. This is God in his passion. He's being passionate to those who've turned from him, who've turned from right, unright, unright, righteousness, who've turned from ungodliness, just like the son in Luke chapter 15. You see, when you have a, a lens of grace, and when you have the filters that Pastor Lenny has been teaching you, you're going to look in the word of God and you're going to find out that's wrong. And this is why I say the most poisonous word you're going to hear is, is because is when people say, the Bible says it. And that's not what the Bible says. Can that be the reason why many of us are not healed? Could that, could that be the reason why many of us are not walking in prosperity? Because the Bible says. Man gets the Bible wrong. But in this Bible, I don't care which one you have, King James, New American Standard, NIV, it doesn't matter. NIV doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. If you have the right filters and you know the truth of the gospel and you bring everything back to chapter 15 in Luke and you rightly divide and you have these filters, I am, I can, and I have, you will never have the wool pull over your eyes again. And you can truly enjoy the word of God. Amen. That might get me in trouble with some people. I guess I don't care. Because I'm going to preach the truth. Amen. That makes sense, guys? Amen. And so now, we're going to keep going on. And, and looking at the birth of Jesus. Why? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth should not perish, but have life everlasting. You know what? Everybody knows John 3.16. But how many people know John 3.17? You do, right? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. Nor to pour his wrath on them. It's amazing how much wrath God has. Supposedly, the same preachers will preach that he poured all his wrath on Jesus. But wait, wait a second. It wasn't all of it because he still withheld some for, you know. Oh. And he still does not bring condemn, condemnation. If you're hearing a message from a preacher, from somebody, that's, that's building condemnation in you, Guilt in you, it's not the gospel. Our gospel is about love, and love is the greatest of power. God is love. God is love. That's what makes God powerful. Do you understand that? Do you realize that? If he has no love, he has no power. I like my pickup truck. 
It's an F-150. The F stands for fast. It's really fast. It's got a turbo boost in it. So if I'm on the highway, right, and there's a bunch of cars, and I got to pass them because they're going slow. Right, Lori? We, we, we go, I put, the, I put the pedal down, to, and we go like this, right? But guess what? If there's no fuel in that truck, it ain't going anywhere. God is all-powerful, but what makes him all-powerful is his love. His love is amazing. And, and I told you about John 17, verse 23. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world would know that thou hast sent me, and, that has, and thou hast loved them even as thou, thou hast loved me. See, his love for us and his love in sending Jesus. Do you believe it? Believe it? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? He's made us one. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, me. You, the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He's made us one. That's what love does. Here is love perfected. That we have boldness to stand before him in the judgment. Because, why? As Jesus is, so am I in this world. Amen. Now, he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And you know what that word shed abroad in our hearts means? Right? It means, like, have you ever seen a guy that, that's standing out there and he's trying to deliver a message and there's a big crowd and what does he put? He has a bullhorn. That word kind of indicates he's in our hearts, sent there by God with a megaphone saying, I love you. I love you. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Love is power. Love, and it, it, that word love is a, we've heard of agape. This, 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 this word, for God so loved the world, is agapeo. It's A-G-A-P-A-H-O. Agapo. This is not a love of complacency, right? Or affection that is, it was not drawn out of any excellency from its objects. Do you understand what that means? In spite of what you think about a person, whether you think they're worthy or not, whether you think they should be loved by God or not, this is saying God loves them. Amen. It's all he can do. It's an exercise of the divine will in a deliberate choice made without assignable cause except or save that which lies in the very nature of God himself. God cannot do anything other than love. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to qualify. You know, we think, you know, how we used to view love, I mean, you know, like, uh, you know what, I, I washed the dishes for Lori today. Tonight, I uh, I even vacuumed. I, I made the bed. You know, my approval rating should be 
should be growing. You know? And then, you know, Lori comes home. She was out. I, I beat her. I, I got home before she did work. I might have even started cooking before she got home. You know, that approval rating. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And she comes and doesn't even acknowledge me. So what happens? You know, she doesn't approve. She disapproves. See, this is what religion does to man. He makes man believe that God has an approval rating. And when you're not, a, you know, and when, and when you don't believe you're, you know, your approval rating is good in God's eyes, what do you do? You avoid him. You stay away from him. You know, you say, well, you know, what good is it? No matter what I do or no matter how, I, how, I strive, how much I strive, I'm never going to meet his, his approval rating. Guess what? That's how we think. That's how we look at things. If it comes to approval ratings or as far as approval ratings goes, God says, you, I approve. Period. That's hard to, that's hard to comprehend. And that's why That's why it's important that you love yourself. If I was to ask some of you, and I don't want you to raise your hands, you know, but if I was to ask you to raise your hands, I wonder if there's anybody in here, if I would say, come on, really, if you have a challenge loving yourself, if you're not really sure you love yourself, if, if, if you don't really love yourself, well, you know, would you raise your hand? And if you would raise your hands, you've been listening to the lies of religion. And you have not been aligning yourself up with the truth of God's word. I approve. I love you. Because when you align yourself up with God's word, you love yourself. Because you understand God's love. And if God's love is working in you, you have to agree with God's love. And you have to say to yourself, I approve. I, I, I'm approved unto God. I please him. Well, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Well, if I'm just like Jesus, if I'm one with Jesus, I must, I must please God. Yes, I please God. So I love myself. And when you love yourself, and you understand that God loves you, it unleashes a power in your life that will affect every area of your life. Amen. The power of love will attract Everything into you. Faith worketh by love. You understand God approves. You understand what you know of yourself is what God knows of you. And that's all you see and that's all you speak. And you love yourself. This power of love works. This great, great power. This awesome power. And you'll see your life change. You will see your life change. The way you walk will, will change. Everything will change. That power, right? Think about it. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. I know I'm intermingling a bunch of messages, but that's okay. It's the word of God. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And since that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will revitalize your mortal body. Romans chapter 8 verse That power is love. The power of love. The power of God's love raised Christ from the dead. His love for us. You think about Ephesians chapter 3 where he's saying, oh man, that, that Christ, he dwells in your heart by faith, right? And you're firmly established and rooted, grounded like a firm foundation in his love. And with all the saints, with all the holy and blameless ones, this is amazing. This is what Paul says. 
Ephesians chapter 3, 18, 17, 18, and 19. And, and, and now with all the saints, you're coming to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of his love, his power for you. And look how, and look at what's connected to knowing the power. And the completeness of God becomes complete in you. When you know that power of love. And then it goes on to say in verse 20, we'll quote this verse without even knowing the meanings. It says, and God, he's able to do far beyond what you can, what you can dare ask, think of, believe it. He can exceed it. According to what? The power that's within you. The love. The lo he's just talking about being rooted in the love of Christ. Knowing the love of Christ. Knowing how deep, how wide, how big, how long, how, right? That's the power he's talking about. And because of that power of love is working in your life, God's love for you. You're loving yourself because you're loving yourself the way the, you see yourself the way God sees you. That's going to cause amazing, abundantly, and exceedingly in your life. All because for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. All because of that day that he gifted us with the birth of his son. Amen. All because of that day. And then that day pointed to the day where he would die on a cross, where he would be buried, and where he would be raised in righteousness, and we would be raised in him. And all it takes, all it takes, there are no steps there are no rules. There are no procedures to gain this approval that I've been talking about. All it takes is, Father, I believe and I receive. Mm -hmm. I believe in Jesus and I receive him. Period. That's it. End of story. Fully righteous. Fully holy. Fully blameless. Fully sanctified. Fully complete, fully perfect, as Jesus is, so am I. Fully qualified, able to live in this life without any of the hindrances that man or religion has put on me because they said it is written. Amen? Amen. You enjoying that message? Amen. It was good? It was all right? It's the gospel. Yes. Father, we thank you. Bow your heads with me, please. We thank you and we praise you for this too-good-to-be-true, glorious message of grace, grace of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. That is freely given. And all we have to do is say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. So, Father, thank you that we believe and we have received and we are everything you tell us we are. And if there's anyone in the room here, Lord, that hasn't believed, or hasn't received I'm not going to ask them to raise their hands or come forward or anything like that but I believe right now as they speak this prayer where they're at in quietness it's all it takes Father I believe that you gifted us with your son Jesus Christ the Savior of the world and my Savior I believe and I receive him right now into my life in Jesus name I pray Amen Amen. Amen. So now